The valley is agriculture. The valley is manufacturing. The valley is technology. The valley is community. You're watching the Valley Podcast presented by the Tuscaroras County Economic Development Corporation. Okay, so this is the first episode of the Valley Podcast. And I am JC from the Tuscaroras County Economic Development Corporation. And with me, I have Commissioner Abiel and John Kelly, also with the Tuscaroras County Economic Development Corporation. We're going to get to know these guys first and foremost. So let's just hop right into it. First question. This is the warm-up segment, by the way. This The whole point of this is to kind of uh, get a little loose here and just have fun with it. So, Commissioner, uh, where and what year did you graduate high school? Well, that's going to tell my age, but I graduated from Claymont High School in 1980. 1980, John? Yes. I grew up up north in Stark County. I went to graduate from Glen Oak in 1984. 84. And I mm-hmm. am... Uh, Class of 2005, Meadowbrook High School, and I also went to the Zanesville uh, Mideast Career and Technology Center. So what do you guys most remember about high school? So what's going on uh, when you're in high school? What kind of music was playing? What What do you remember? Current events, anything? Rock in the 80s. <laughs> well, I, I think what I remember from high school, more so uh, other than the music, because I was never one that really... Bought a lot of records or albums or those type of things, but it was the friendships and the, and the relationships that you built. I mean, I still, a lot of times I, I don't see people that uh, on a regular basis. And when I do see them, they've changed so much. It's, it's really different to see somebody from high school, but uh, relationships in the sense of community. And at that time, uh, a lot of secu- you felt secure. It's a little bit different time than it is now. Our buildings weren't locked up. Uh, we didn't have the, I think the pressures that a lot of younger people have today. Sure. John, what do you remember most about your high school days? I had a group of friends in high school that uh, we didn't fit in with. We didn't fit in with the straight A students. And we didn't fit in with the jocks and we didn't fit in with the, the burnouts. And so we had our own little group and um, we would hang out together in the hallway. And back then the, uh, in, in the news, the Palestinian Liberation Organization was in the news a lot. And so we called our group the AOO, the Anti-Organization <laughs> Organization. Yeah. That's pretty one good. I remember. And one of those guys, actually a couple of them, I went to college with as well. And one of them, we've continued um, our friendship. And uh, we, we get together about once a month to uh, have breakfast. So I, uh, that, that was we had some good times. That's good. That's good stuff. What was your favorite sports team? So, Commissioner, you go ahead. I'll say anything that my children or grandchildren were involved in. That's that's anything from wrestling to football to soccer. So our, our high school sports uh, would be my favorite. And uh, or again, with my children at the time, my son was played uh, football and also wrestled. But now I have some grandchildren that uh, wrestle, play football, play soccer. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, of sports activities to attend. And so anything that they're involved in that I cheer for that team. There you go. Well, I'm a Meadowbrook grad and my children go to Cambridge. That's a mm-hmm. bit of a, con- a bit of a conflict for me because they're ri- rivalries, you know, yeah. so it's like, <laughs> yep. do, do I, do I root? Am I a Bobcat now or am I still cold? 
John, John favorite sports team? I, you know, I don't follow many sports, at least not baseball, basketball, and football. I'm not a very good American male, but if I had to choose something, I'd say go Bucks. Bucks, okay. Yeah, high state's yeah. always a staple. Yeah, that's that's a safe bet. That's too, an easy huh? answer. Yeah. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. Commissioner, what brought you to your current position? Well, uh, I had always volunteered for a variety of different uh, activities within the community, and I always wanted to do public service, but I wasn't able to do it on a full-time basis. I was a township trustee. I was a precinct committeeman. But uh, when the opportunity came about to be able to run for commissioner and do something on a full-time basis, uh, I took that opportunity and knock on wood so far, everything's worked out. I've I've been able to do this for, this is my 18th year. And as I said, as a township trustee prior to that. So I I think it's, it goes back to that old adage that um, you want to do what you can do for the, this, this period in time and hopefully leave the world a bit better when, because you were involved in it. So uh, I've always wanted to do it on a full-time basis and I I'm a full-time commissioner. So I'm able to do that and still make a living and be able to support for my family. And I think that it's important that we focus on, um, positive things and improving our community. And a motto that I've always had since I, I, I started early on uh, was teamwork for a better tomorrow, because I think that as we work together and, and we improve our community, then it's beneficial to all of us. Very good. John? Well, my whole career has pretty much been in nonprofits, serving the community um, through, it's been about 10 years serving in churches. I've worked with the YMCA for a long time. The um, the homeless shelter, uh, Ohio means jobs. And I came, been doing this job for about three and a half years, uh, doing economic development. So I've kind of changed a little bit from working with individuals to working with companies. Went back to school about 10 years ago and just really became interested in economics. And so um, this job has been a, a nice challenge and a good fit for me. It does that to you a little bit, I think. I, you know, I wasn't real big on business going through school either. It wasn't something that I really gravitated towards, but as I went through college and uh, got an internship with the, the Guernsey County CDC, it opened me up to economic development and uh, just being able to use the skill sets that I learned in school to benefit the people around me is such a blessing. I think for me, at least that's um so that's my take on it. So, all right, well, let's see what else we got. Commissioner, what do you like to do outside of work? What's your what's your hobbies, your go-tos? Well, there, there's a lot of things that I like to do. I, I, a lot of people might be surprised to know that I ride a motorcycle. I, um, <laughs> I, I take the car lessons. I've been doing that for a couple of years. I really enjoy doing that. But mostly it's spending time with my family. Uh, family is very important to me. Uh, my children, my grandchildren are very important to me. And my wife and I do a lot of activities with them, either on the weekend or we go on vacations together. And a lot of times my son and my son-in-law uh, will work uh, different projects at each other's houses. And we kind of got this little thing that we, when we do a project and, it, and we're kind of getting towards the end of it and we're looking at it and we think, well, that looks pretty good. Uh, that looks good enough. So we kind of dubbed ourselves good enough construction. So when we, <laughs> we, we save our, um, we save a lot of dollars by doing a lot of projects ourselves. but even if it's doing a work project, I still enjoy the time to be able to spend with, with my son and my son-in-law doing those type of projects. And, and again, like I said, um, 
We call it good enough construction, but it's good quality time that I can spend with my son and son-in-law during the doing those type of projects. But mostly it's all the activities we do together as a family that we really enjoy. And we're very fortunate to have both of our children that live local. Sure, sure. So Marla tells me you do a lot of uh, cutting grass. Do you do you have a farm? A farm or or? Well, we've got we've got about three acres, and actually that's one of the projects that my son and I are working on right now. My son-in-law helped with that as well. We're building fence, and and it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work. Uh, the ground that we have around our property is a lot of shale and clay, but and so a lot of the post holes that we put in has been dug by hand. So we've been working on it for a while. Yeah. And there's a lot of posts that we put in. Sure. All right, John, I know you're an avid outdoorsman. So, uh, Wait, what- well, you know, I was just going to say my, my home construction company is called unfinished projects, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love being outdoors. I'm an avid cyclist and kayaker. Um, I also like to hike and, and camp. I just enjoy being in the, in the country or in the woods and, and on the water and uh, um, do a lot, promote outdoor recreation in our county. Cool. Cool. So this is, this is what I do in my time off. I, I podcast, <laughs> I do more of this stuff. So, all right. All right. So I think we're just about through on our warm up questions and we're going to move on to the next segment, which I'm going to call the current events segment and our our biggest current event now is our connect tusk campaign and so commissioner uh, i think you were at the the root of us kind of getting involved in the broadband ohio accelerator so you want to tell us uh exactly how tuscaroras county got involved in all this well early on i had some conversations with broadband ohio on what we need to do to get connected in tuscross county because as you know we have a lot of areas that's underserved or not served at all on down the road from that broadband ohio reached out to us and and actually asked if we'd like to be part of an accelerator program and so once i got that inf- the information about that i passed that on to marla acreage which is the director where you both work at the tuscross county economic development corporation and asked for assistance in organizing to get some people together to be on a part of this um, accelerator program. And it's a 15-week commitment. And there's only approximately 11 counties in the uh, 88 in the state of Ohio that is participating in this. So it was in, in, it was something that you had to put an application in for. And so we were very fortunate that we were able to uh, be part of that program. And with the help from Marla, we were able to get together some business people, some educators, um, local elected officials, and all those different folks to be able to get together and commit to 15 weeks to come out ultimately with some type of plan on how we go, how are we going to move forward with connecting Tuscross County for broadband access. Yeah, so something that John and I was talking about earlier, I think a lot of people initially when we started this program, there was a bit of broadband fatigue uh, yeah. Like, you know, there's been so many broadband initiatives and and uh, people were very skeptical uh, about why, you know, why are we doing another broadband thing? And, and I think uh, the, the thing that strikes me most about it is all the previous efforts that, that, that were put in place. They didn't seem to have the sort of strategy driven focus that this does. We're, we're this broadband accelerator. We're really trying to put together a plan 
to implement. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a bit different than than previous initiatives. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it seemed like previous initiatives from what I've heard from people is that it was a lot of money thrown at the problem and a lot of money that just kind of disappeared without a lot of impact. Yeah, we're having to really get into the the very specifics with this program, though, and that's a good thing. I think that that's a good thing. Well, there's a, there's a lot of local engagement and, and having the local engage, engagement because we know where the where these shortfalls are. And, you know, early on that we have talked about this before, there's a lot of money out there still floating around, but they're in different silos. And some of those silos have different guidelines and it's difficult to get the money to be able to do the projects that you'd like to do. I think that when they put Broadband Ohio together, I think that was one of the that was a very uh, strategic way of trying to get uh, some continuity of the disbursement of some of these dollars. But even though $240 million went into Broadband Ohio, there's still a lot more money out there circulating. And if you look at some of the experts that have talked about what it's going to take to connect all of Ohio, they talked about 2 to $3 billion. Well, again, I think the money's out there. It's trying to get it all together from the federal, state, and the local to be able to make the impact that we need to make. And, and in order to do that, I think that, as I, I, John had mentioned, I think this time around is a little bit different, but we really need to focus on getting all these areas in these different counties, particularly the rural areas, because it's not the, it's not the metropolitan areas or the cities that's having the lack of access. It's the rural areas. Yeah. I was uh, struck early in the uh, broadband program. I called a few of our school districts in the southern half of the county. Mm-hmm. And one of them had, I believe it was 24% of their students who, at the beginning of the pandemic, didn't have broadband access in their mm-hmm. homes. They had to go sit in the parking lot at McDonald's or, or at one of the, the hot spots that the school district created. So, a quarter of their students. The other, the other two districts were about ten and fifteen percent, um, but uh, that really struck me. I mean, that that's a that's a, a big impact on our, our kids in school. Absolutely, and we knew that we had an, uh, a problem before, but the pandemic was really identified the real huge shortfall that we have, and they did create some hot spots and some church parking lots in the rural kind of parts of the county for parents to be able to take their kids to those spots to be able to get connected. Uh, it, it, it was a difficult situation and, and we still have that going on. It's no different than electricity that happened years ago. We have to find a way to be able to do it because we're not going backward. This this service needs to be provided for us to move forward. Yeah, I it's, agree. I, I think one of the things that, that we've seen, especially with uh, the, the pandemic and so on, is just just how important broadband is. A lot of people are now even getting, you know, having their medical appointments mm-hmm. done on broadband. They're talking mm-hmm. to their doctors through mm-hmm. broadband. So it's, it's truly an essential service. You know, it's a, it's, it's a utility like you, like you said. Exactly. Yep. So let's talk about who else is involved in this program that, that we're in. Uh, We've we've created the Connect Tusk campaign here, but that's really uh, our our advertising or marketing effort to really promote 
uh, the, the survey and, and whatnot that we've come up with as a result of this. Uh, some of the other players involved here, Commissioner. Well, I, in the initial group, that's the four groups that have been uh, developed within the state. You have Defiance County, Shelby County, Tuscross County, and the Ohio Valley Regional Development Commission. So, again, we were fortunate that we was one of that one of those four groups to be able to get part of this program because it is a pilot program. They want to see how we're going to function after the fact. And so with all of the input that we're putting in there, the education that we're getting from the uh, presenters that are on the, the Broadband Ohio Accelerator Program is positioning us to be able to know how to go get the dollars, what kind of plan we need to have in place, and what it's going to look like for the future. So I just, again, I appreciate the work that was done in the creation of Broadband Ohio and the effort to access to be able to access reliable, affordable internet connection. And that's that's kind of critical too, because people can get connections now. There's a lot of people say, well, it's already out there. It is out there, but but it's not always affordable and it's not always reliable. We need something just like a telephone service that we had before, just like we have electricity now that goes out to every home that has reliable and affordable connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the Benton Institute, I think we should mention them in this. They've they've been incredible throughout this process in really providing us the guidance that we need to map out a, a strategy here. Mm-hmm. So uh really appreciate the other players that are involved here at the mm-hmm. Office of Broadband Ohio mm-hmm. and the Benton Institute. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to point out the, the involvement we have here in our county. Um I, th- I believe it's about 18 different people from different organizations. Kent State, Tuscarawas, of course, the commissioner's office, our organization, Tuscarawas County Economic Development, Nomadic Software, Lauren International, um, the Educational Service Center, the Ohio State Extension, Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital. All of those different organizations have been participating in the, uh, the Wednesday morning broadband school um, for, what, the past nine or ten weeks, I think. Yep. Um, not not everybody all the time, but they've all been participating in different ways. Yep. Yeah, it's been a real community effort. Yep. Absolutely. So the purpose of the survey, so we've been asking uh, folks to take this Connect Tus survey. Uh, Commissioner, you want to explain what the purpose is for this thing? Well, I, I think it's to give us a better understanding of the, the connectivity that we have in Tuscross County. Who is being served? Who's not being served? It's a It's a an ability for us to gather information on various uh, connection speeds in the county, identify the unserved and underserved. And also, also you mentioned the, it's, it's very important to understand the growth and needs and the reliance on broadband. You'd mentioned telehealth, whether that be mental health or physical health for somebody that's in a rural area that maybe doesn't drive or can't get out. Uh, that's a way for them to be able to connect for mental health services and for uh, physical services educational opportunities, business development. We're an agricultural uh, community in Tuscross County and we're an agricultural state. They're running equipment on farmland now that looks like something from Star Wars. And for them to be able to operate those type of things and the easiest for people really to identify with, they have the milking parlors. They'll have cows come into the milking parlors. Those cows know where to go and they get these automatic hookups They know how much milk they produce. They know how much feed they need to feed them. And all of this is done by computerization. So that's just one example. But they have have equipment that's going out on the field now 
that determines it. Uh, this um, device will go all over the field and it'll determine on where is the soil needs some more fertilizer. And, and that identifies for them wow. to know how much fertilizer do I put over in this area? And I don't need to put any over here. So it's saving them dollars by not just putting fertilizer all over the, the whole uh, property because they don't need to. They can identify where it's needed and where it's not needed. Yep. They do the same thing with um, uh, pest control and with, with weed control. Uh, th these machines go out and they can identify where there's an issue and they can use uh, the pesticide or whatever it needs to get rid of the, the weeds in the area. It also connect, connects community and families. And again, I think it's vitally important that we have connection there for not only for our family's uh, connection, but for the mental health of the, some people that can't get out. So I think building uh, the relationships with organizations and like Broadband Ohio and all those that can help us to be able to make this access available, uh, it's not a luxury anymore. It, it's a necessity. So in order for us to move forward in our educational opportunities and business and health, this is something that really needs to be done. Yeah, I want to reiterate modern day farming is very Internet connected to all the machinery and equipment. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful the uh, Farm Bureau, local Farm Bureau, is helping us to uh, promote the uh, survey. Mm -hmm. And I've, I found out we have about 1,100 farms in Tuscarawas County. So wow. That's a lot of farmland. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That is. Yeah. So the survey, there's a Internet speed test. And I think it's important to kind of touch on that a bit. You know, we want with this survey, we're hoping to get the data it's market research you know mm -hmm. anytime anytime that you're going to implement or execute a strategy you want to first go in and you want to conduct market research and so that's what the whole connect us campaign is that's really what we're aiming at here and 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 really we just want to identify the places in the county that are in need of internet services so uh mm -hmm. people where can they find the survey? This this is a pretty simple, straightforward answer here, and I'll go ahead and cover it for us, guys. It's mm -hmm. connect. It's uh, tuskedc.com backslash connect tusk. There's a link there that you'll be able to click. You'll find this this on on that domain. You'll find this little button there. When you click that button, it will take you directly into our survey. And there is an internet speed test uh, that that's a part of this survey. Um, if you have a difficult time with this internet speed test, on that website URL, you can find a tip sheet that we've put together that will help you take the speed test. So uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty straightforward stuff. Looks just like this here. You can see uh, it, it teaches you two different ways that you can do it. You can do it with a QR code or you can just type it in. Um, so, yeah, we're asking the citizens of Tuscaroras County uh, to, to help us get the research, get the data that we need to map out a strategy to get Internet connectivity where it's needed the most. So um, I think this is our last uh, last one. So uh, Commissioner Abiel, uh, biggest takeaway from the broadband accelerator program. I think it gives us an opportunity to move forward and to do what needs to be done in Tuscross County. And, and it's not going to happen overnight. 
but it, it gives us a pathway of moving forward to do the best that we can and gather factual information so that we can share that with the, the funding sources and try to get reliable, affordable connectivity for people in Tuscarawas County. We, we need to at least get a minimum uh, of the whatever the, the, the speed is going to be because there's been variance of speeds on, on the, what they say it needs to be the minimum. But whatever that minimum ends up being, every household should have that minimum speed and the reliable and affordable connectivity. John, take away? Yeah, this, I just want to encourage people to do the survey because that will give us good data about who's got broadband, what mm-hmm. speed is it, who doesn't have it, um, you know, who would like to have it. And of course, there's some people that don't really care about it, but it's going to help us having good data to um, be prepared when these different streams of money are coming in the future, the foreseeable future, we'll be ready to apply for those grants and to the and and apply for those those uh, pots of money and uh, expand broadband across the whole county. One well, one more thing I'd like to add in because John just mentioned something that of uh, folks that don't have any connectivity. So if you don't have any connectivity and you can't take that that uh, survey, call in and let us know. Go, call into your office. Uh, when you go on the Tusk um, Economic Development Corp, there's a phone number there. If you don't have any type of connectivity, they need to make the phone call and say, we, we, we don't have any access at all. So they can't take the survey if they don't have access to be able to take it. So there's a number of people that are out there, and hopefully we can gather that data to be able to use exactly the way John had just described. Yeah, and, and there are some paper versions of the survey at the uh Tuscarawas County libraries across around the county, the different branches. So uh, we do have we do have some paper versions available. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you for coming on the first episode of the Valley Podcast. I think we've done a pretty <laughs> good job here. I have one more thing that I want to shoot at the community. Uh, you guys are good to go. I'm just gonna kind of kind of push a little campaign that we have going on here at the EDC. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys for coming on. Okay. So, Thanks. Thank you. Have yeah. a good day. So attention marketing managers and human resource officers. We want to spotlight a great employee that you have. So the Tuscarawas County Economic Development Corporation is doing Friday faces. And if you have an employee that you feel goes above and beyond the call of duty, we would like to feature them in our Friday Faces. To have your employee put on the Friday Faces campaign, you just email me, J.C. Shively, at tuskedc.com. That is J.C. Shively at tuskedc.com. We're going to try to put one of these out a month, so appreciate you guys for watching. If you have any ideas for the Valley podcast that you'd like to see us cover, if uh, you're a a really uh, productive member of the community and, and you'd like to come on the show, feel free to give me an email. So until next time, this has been the Valley Podcast.